Chapter 14 of Innocencia, A Story of the Prairie Regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Innocencia, A Story of the Prairie Regions of Brazil by the Viscount of Taunay. Translated by James William Wells reality. After Cyrano had seen Pereira and his two companions proceed along a stony footpath in the direction of the plantations, and finally disappear behind the orange grove, and as soon as he was thus assured that he was alone, he gave way to the feelings that so strongly agitated him. Sometimes pacing the room with rapid and unquiet strides, sometimes meditating as he lingered with halting steps at last he went out into the yard and with uncovered head and with his hand shading his eyes from the torrid rays of the sun he stared with a fixed gaze alternately in one or another direction like one demented the day promised to be very warm for on every side resounded the inevitable indicators of approaching heat the whirr, whirr, and whistle and drone of countless cicadas, while from far away over the plains echoed the noisy clamor of the seriemas, the snake-eating secretary bird of South America, resembling the noise of a pack of hounds in full cry. Cyrano turned his face to the sun, then, dizzy with the bright glare, and clasping his hands over his dazzled eyes, he returned to the room, and recommenced his restless walk. Why rested not the youth? He had already slung a hammock, and, gently swinging to and fro in the breeze, it seemed to invite him to a comfortable siesta. Why did he not imitate the proceedings of some little grunters, which, unceremoniously entering the room, in search of a cool shade from the fiery sun outside, had found a snug corner, and were now audibly snoring, prisoners of delightful sleep? Outside the sun shone with resplendent brilliancy, while the shadows of the trees became gradually smaller and smaller. All the animals of the farm prepared for repose. A mare with her foal deserted her distant pasture, and sought a shelter from the fierce rays of the sun in the shade of the side of the house, where she remained panting. To the enervating effect of the summer atmosphere was added the drowsy influence of the monotonous and nasal singing of Cyrano's attendants who, lazily reclining in the barn close by, accompanied their sleepy refrains on tricord guitars. Meanwhile, the young man resisted all these drowsy influences, and with increasing restlessness he continually consulted his watch, taking it from his pocket and returning it at almost every instant. The seconds, the minutes, the hours passed by. Finally, with a deep sigh of relief and satisfaction, he cried, "'Midday! Ah, I thought it would never arrive!' Transformed by animation, he at once went out into the yard and called aloud, "'Maria! Oh, Maria Conga!' No one replied. The dogs only barked. 
Cyrano, after waiting some time, proceeded to the gate in the fence, which separated the grounds of the family quarters from the rest of the farm. Here he again called, "'Oh, Maria! Maria! Are you asleep, old woman?' Seeing that his cries elicited no reply, he passed onwards in the direction of the back door of the house, slowly, however, as though in fear. "'Oh, Maria! Hello, Auntie! Ho there! House ahoy!' he clamored. Finally appeared not the old slave, but the dwarf Tico, who, with an imperious movement of his head, seemed to inquire the cause of alarm. "'Where is Maria Conga?' Cyrano asked as he approached. Tico, with a few but expressive gestures, indicated that the black had gone to the stream to wash linen. "'And is there no one else in the house?' The dwarf assumed an expression of pride, and indicated that he was there, and bestowed an angry glance at the imprudent inquirer. "'Good!' replied Cyrano, laughing. Now, little man, you go inside, and say to the doña that the hour has arrived to take the medicine. I have the wine with me, but I require some coffee to be prepared at once. Making a sign to the so-called doctor to wait outside, Tico disappeared. What? Wait out here in the sun? exclaimed Cyrano in disgust. Now that is too bad. What a strange little mannequin it is! Without further ceremony, he pushed open the door and entered the house. Presently he heard footsteps, and Innocencia was then seen approaching. She was wrapped in a large mantle of varied colors, and pushed back from her brow, her long hair hung in sable masses about her, and by contrast increased the pallor of her countenance which, with the dark circles around her eyes, still denoted great weakness. But when she perceived Cyrano, the damask cheeks blushed, like rosebuds impatient to expand into bloom, and crying for admiration of their charms. On reaching the doorway she stopped, and, leaning against the door-post, showed by glances of hesitation that she was undecided what to do. Cyrano, on seeing her, nervously advanced a few steps towards her, until he, in his turn, also halted by the side of an old-fashioned high-backed chair, an ancient and solid piece of furniture brought by Periera from his old home in Piumi. It was with considerable effort that he articulated, "'Then, Doña Zina, how are you? Do you feel better?' "'Better, thank you.' "'responded Innocencia, in a flute-like but very tremulous voice. "'Have you partaken of anything?' "'Yes, senor, the wing of a fowl, and with some appetite. "'Do you still feel weak?' "'The weariness is passing away.' "'Meanwhile, as Cyrano gradually regained his calmness, "'he slowly approached nearer and nearer to the maiden.' an action which seemed to cause her to timidly cling to the friendly doorpost as to a shelter. Presently they stood face to face, she on one side of the doorway and he by the other, and both of them were so evidently embarrassed that there was ample reason for the dwarf Tico's look of astonishment, as, bolt upright on his little legs, he stood in front of them. 
By an effort, Cyrano mastered his emotion, and, outwardly calm in his manner, he continued, "'Well, Doña, the hour has arrived for taking the medicine.' "'Already, Señor Doctor?' implored Innocencia. "'Yes, Doña. "'But I have nothing the matter with me now.' "'You may think so, but it is necessary to entirely eradicate the evil.' Suppose it was to return, what a poor doctor you would take me to be. The remedy is so unpleasant, she observed. It is not nice, truly, but it will give you back your health. With a little courage you will be able to take it without much trouble. Let me share it with you. Oh, no, protested Innocencia. It is but to show you that, that I will do anything for you. The girl crimsoned with a blush and raised her eyes in surprise, but immediately lowered her gaze as she met the earnest glances of Cyrano. "'The medicine,' she at last suggested in a low voice. "'Ah, certainly,' exclaimed Cyrano. "'Go, Tico, go and fetch coffee from the kitchen. Bring also a cup and saucer. Do you not understand?' The dwarf, however, replied only by a glance of defiance, and moved not. "'Are you deaf?' inquired Cyrano. "'No,' responded Innocencia. "'Tico sometimes shams like this from willfulness.' In a soft voice and with a tender glance, she said to the little man, "'Go, Tico, it is for me. Do you hear?' The physiognomy of the dwarf was immediately transformed. A pleasant smile played upon his lips, and he nodded his head two or three times in affirmative response. But quickly his rugged little brows were knitted into a frown, and his eyes moved with restless glances of indecision. Innocencia had to repeat her request more strongly. "'I have already asked you once, Tico. Must I say again, go and fetch the coffee?' At this order he hesitated no more, and slowly went away, glancing backwards several times ere he entered the kitchen, where he delayed but a short time. Cyrano, in this interval, examined the pulse of Innocencia, who held out her wrist as far as possible. But he, overcoming the weak resistance of the girl, covered with ardent kisses the hand he had secured. "'You Deus!' she stammered. "'What is this? "'Look, Tico comes!' The youth immediately stepped back a pace or two, and, in order to cover his confusion, he advanced towards the dwarf, who brought a tin mug in one hand and a cup and spoon in the other. "'That's right,' said Cyrano. "'Put them all on the table.' Rapidly preparing the remedy, he presented it with an unsteady hand to Innocencia, who, without hesitation, drank it at a draught. Now, whether from the effect of the excitement she had experienced in her state of debility, or whether that was the hour when the ague usually returned, certain it is that she had to suddenly grasp the door-frame to prevent herself from falling. "'Ah, the doña is fainting!' pitifully exclaimed Cyrano. The dwarf hastened to her assistance, but Cyrano clasped her in his arms, and her head reclined upon his breast. His anxiety, mingled with an inexpressible feeling of ecstasy at the situation, 
created such an emotion within him that his laboured breathing soon restored her to consciousness and brought a flush to her pallid face i am better now she murmured as she endeavoured to remove herself from the grasp of cyrano do not vainly imagine you have recovered he protested let me lead you to that chair with all due tenderness he assisted her to a seat and removed from her face and shoulders the long tresses of disarranged hair what a mass of hair it is he exclaimed half smiling tycho followed all that action of the scene with marked attention on seeing innocencia become unconscious he raised a strange dumb cry of despair and afterwards when he followed her to the chair he knelt before her and contemplated her with wistful glances of anxiety cyrano endeavoured to utilise the occasion to attempt a reconciliation with the dwarf you are anxious eh tycho it is nothing really your mistress will soon be well the dwarf on hearing this exordium promptly rose to his feet and replied to the sympathetic announcement of the young man with such a look of contempt and indifference as though he would say do not interfere with me i wish to have nothing to do with you you doctor of mystery now said cyrano addressing innocencia you must take a few drops of wine and you will soon see what strength it will give you uncorking the bottle with the aid of a long pointed knife he carried in his waist-belt he poured a portion of the wine into a cup and offered it to his patient the invalid moistened her lips with a little and thanked the attentive youth with an enchanting smile decidedly that medico pleased her he had cured her of her physical ailments and now he attended to her mind few men had she hitherto seen except her father manicao and the old blacks and absolutely ignorant of most things and of the ways of the world well might she think that no man could compare in grace and beauty with the one now before her besides what a mysterious bond of sympathy attached her to that stranger arrived from she knew not whence and about to depart and perhaps never to be seen by her again who knows but that the gentleness and the kindness which cyrano had showed in his actions towards her were not the only cause of the new sentiment which really unknown to her was as suddenly born in her breast as the flowers of the campos burst into bloom after the rain a sense of gratitude also added its influence to her feelings as these thoughts passed rapidly through the mind of innocencia she raised her grand and limpid eyes and gazed at cyrano with a glance so frank and clear that it seemed to form a broad and open entrance to the inmost recesses of her mind i feel so well now she said in her soft clear and musical voice so light in my body that it seems impossible i can ever again be miserable no certainly not exclaimed cyrano never more besides here am i and the commencement of the doubtless would-be pretty speech was interrupted by the arrival of maria conga the old negress returning from the stream with a huge bundle of linen 
which she unceremoniously commenced to extend on long horizontal bamboos placed on forked sticks stuck in the earthen floor of the adjoining room. Cyrano prepared to depart. Now, said he, as he took the hand of Innocencia, keep quiet for a little while. Later on, take some broth, and, ah, Innocencia, do you wish me well? Oh, Maria Santissima, why should I not wish you well? She ingenuously inquired. Messe never did me any harm. Footnote. Messe is a provincial corruption of Vasa Merce i.e. your grace, your worship, a term of civility used by Brazilians to every well-to-do person. And a footnote. I, ejaculated Cyrano with energy, I do you harm? Rather would I die. Yes, Doña, from my soul I... Without concluding, he suddenly bade her adieus and departed. With a slow step he left the room and when outside the house he passed a window close to which innocencia was seated he took advantage of the opportunity for a last word take care he advised as he leaned on the window-sill take care to avoid the night dew nor sim sim senor do not drink any milk so messe has already told me eat only sun-dried meat i know then adius adius thou beautiful girl with an effort he tore himself away from where he felt he could remain until old age weakened his limbs End of chapter fourteen